Hello, and welcome to another episode of Cracking Addiction. My name is Thalipan Naren, and for another episode of Cracking Addiction, we're again joined by Dr. Colin Mendelson to share his valuable knowledge about vaping. So Colin, a question I would like to ask you are your thoughts on the controversies around vaping. In particular, mm-hmm. the concerns about potential long-term risks, vaping viewed as a gateway for young people to start smoking, mm-hmm. the risks mm-hmm. around Ivali, and the role of big tobacco in creating these vaping products. Mm-hmm. Sure. I know they're all important questions. Look, as far as long-term risks are concerned, um, like all new products, we, we won't know for sure for another 30 years if these products um, are, are, are completely safe. Uh, of course, they won't be completely safe, but we don't won't know all the health effects. Uh, and that's the case with every new product. And, and there are vaping opponents who argue that we should wait until we have all the evidence. Uh, but we don't apply that standard to anything else. If we did, we'd never have new, new medicines. We don't wait 30 years. We make an assessment of the evidence that we have and we make it a considered decision. But even after allowing for the potential risks, um, again, the Royal College of Physicians in the UK has concluded that the long-term risk of vaping is unlikely to be more than 5% of the risk of smoking. So that's, again, a ballpark. We really expect this to be substantially less than smoking. And I think the risk of waiting to get more information will do more harm than good because we're denying smokers access to a a life-saving product. Um, And I think that that harm is much greater than the small and theoretical risks of, of vaping. So to answer your question about the gateway, the association of vaping and and smoking in young people is, is is well recognized but there's no evidence that vaping causes smoking uh, the most likely explanation is that kids who vape are just more likely to smoke anyway they're more likely to take risks and more likely to use cannabis and alcohol illicit drugs and we know that's the case from many studies that doesn't prove that vaping causes them to smoke In fact, the evidence suggests that vaping is actually diverting kids from smoking. So young people are are trying vaping. Uh, Many of them are not going on to smoking or they're using vaping to stop smoking. And what we're seeing overseas is that when vaping is available to kids, smoking rates are falling faster than ever. And that's not consistent with vaping being a gateway. If anything, it's consistent with vaping being a gateway out of smoking. There may be some cases that try smoking, vaping, and go on to smoking who may not have smoked, but by far we think there's more kids being diverted the other way. So I think that's a a, a concern we need to watch, but I think uh, the evidence is showing clearly more and more that um, it isn't isn't actually leading in that direction. Um, You asked about Ivali. Ivali was an outbreak of a serious lung disease strongly linked to vitamin E acetate that was added to illicit cannabis vaping products in North America in 2019. The condition disappeared after vitamin E acetate was removed. So in early 2020, 
Soon after, there were no more cases. So they found the cause and eliminated it, and the problem went away. Some people say that because 14% of people who had Ivali said they hadn't used cannabis, but they'd been vaping nicotine, that therefore vaping nicotine must be a cause. But I, I, that, I don't think that's correct. You know, they're, they're saying there's no reason why, it, it, there's no causal inference here. Uh, many people who denied using cannabis products actually did use them. And there were a number of studies that showed that people who denied these tainted cannabis products actually used them when family was questioned or on biological specimens. So uh, I think there's definitely a, a misreporting issue. And no other causal agent has been found. There's nothing in nicotine tobacco, nicotine uh, vaping products two years later, nothing has been found that would lead to this effect. So I think this has nothing to do with uh, nicotine vaping. I think, unfortunately, it's been conflated uh, with cannabis vaping and it's been uh, used to target nicotine vaping, whereas, in fact, the evidence doesn't support any role for nicotine vaping. Um, some advocates like to position vaping as a conspiracy of big tobacco. I mean, we all hate big tobacco and anything associated with them, of course, uh, we, we, we don't want to be associated with that. But what's important to understand is that big tobacco didn't invent vaping. Uh, it was developed in 2003. Big tobacco came along in 2012 when they realised this was threatening their market. Um, they only control 20% of the vaping market globally. Uh, vaping is a huge disruptive threat to big tobacco. It's like digital cameras to, to Kodak or electric cars to the, the gasoline industry. Um, it, it replaces, it's a substitute for these products. So um, what we're pleased to see is that um, these tobacco products, uh, tobacco companies are actually... Um, transitioning to making less combustible products and more vaping products, and that's a good thing. I think if these products save lives, uh, does it really matter who's, who makes them? As long as they're not smoking, uh, they're dramatically reducing their harm, and, and for many of them it will be life-saving. So uh, I, I think whoever makes them, regardless whoever makes them, it's a good thing, and the tobacco industry is, is struggling to catch up. Absolutely. So why is vaping so controversial in Australia and seemingly opposed? Yeah, it's interesting. Australia is the only Western democracy to have these sorts of strict re uh, restrictions on vaping. In every other country, um, the UK, the US, Canada, uh, vaping is accepted as a valid uh, first-line treatment for smoking. The thing is, it's not about the evidence. Uh, the evidence is now fairly clear. I mean, it's, it's, it's pretty obvious, really. Smoking, vaping is the most popular quitting aid because it works. It's clearly safer than smoking, and it doesn't seem to be bringing kids into to becoming smokers. I think the opposition is based on ideological issues, on political issues, on moral factors, financial factors and vested interests. So I don't think it's about evidence. Australia's always promoted abstinence only, a, a nicotine-free society for, for um, cigarettes and, and, uh, and smoking. 
And and we're, we're struggling to come to terms with this idea of tobacco harm reduction. We support drug harm reduction in every other area, but the idea of giving people nicotine in a clean form to stop them smoking, for some reason, is is uh, we're having trouble coming to terms with that. We've been successful in the other um, abstinence approach, but it's just not working as well as it used to. There are also moral objections. So for a lot of people, using an addictive drug is sinful and immoral, and people shouldn't be allowed to do it, especially if they're enjoying it. So there, there's definitely a puritanical aspect of, of tobacco control. Um, there are also vested interests. I mean, vaping is a big threat to uh, organisations um, which oppose smoking. Um, it, it's threatening their relevance. Uh, they see it as a threat rather than to them, rather than as an opportunity to help smokers quit, which which I think, personally, I think clearly it is. And finally, I think the political factors are very important. It's there's more political kudos in being seen as strong on big tobacco and protecting the children than it is in helping adult smokers to quit. Um, so I think, you know, politicians we know are concerned about the next election and perceptions, and unfortunately uh, the media narrative is, in, is against vaping and unfortunately that's um, influencing the debate. And, and I think the $15 billion a year tobacco tax may also have a small role here as well. Fair enough. Could you comment on the recent systematic review that came out mm. of the Australian National University in April of 2022? And mm. this found that yeah. vaping increases the risk of a range of adverse health outcomes, particularly in youth, including taking up smoking or increasing the uptake mm. of smoking, um, concerns about addictions, poisoning, seizures, traumas, mm. burns and lung injury? Yeah. Yeah, look, the main flaw in the bank's review was that it didn't compare the risks of vaping to the risks of smoking. So it listed a list of real and theoretical uh, harms from vaping, um, but didn't compare them to the risks from smoking, which are enormously greater. So when you say, oh, it can cause this and this and this, people think, oh, well, that sounds bad. But you've got to remember that the vast majority of vapors would otherwise be smoking, which is much more harmful two out of three of them will die from their smoking. So, of course, yes, there are risks in, in vaping, but far less than smoking. The other thing that the review didn't do was look at the net public health effect of vaping. So what we're most concerned about is if we introduce vaping, is it going to improve public health? Are we going to get other risks going to outweigh the benefits uh, or vice versa? And... Um, Numerous modelling studies have shown that when you look at the risks and the benefits of vaping, that the net public health benefit is positive and, and quite significantly so, to the point where studies have shown millions of years of life saved and millions of, of uh, premature deaths averted. So when you allow for all the risks and benefits, the overall benefit is in favour of vaping. Um, you mentioned youth smoking. Uh, the, the review claims that vaping leads young people to smoking. But this claim was based on cross-sectional studies, which cannot prove causation. They show an association. And as I mentioned before, the evidence suggests that kids who vape are just more likely, they have common risk factors for taking risks, 
and they're just more likely to smoke anyway. There's no evidence that vaping causes kids to smoke. And in fact, the evidence suggests that it, it, the opposite is happening. Um, and most people, young people who vape are already smokers. And most of them vape uh, experimentally and sure, briefly and then stop. Uh, and, and regular smoking by never smokers is actually rare. So um, I think really they've, uh, they've made a, a very basic error in terms of um, confusing causation and, and uh, 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 correlation. And that's, I think, a pretty fundamental error, which I was surprised at. They, they also claimed that there was limited evidence that vaping was an effective quitting agent. And that was based on a review of randomised control trials. Now, what the review does is underestimates the results of the randomised control trials. I think the results are stronger than they say they are. But what they didn't do was to consider all the other evidence for vaping. So when you look at an intervention like vaping, you, you do what we call triangulation, where you take, yes, the randomised control trials, you take the observational studies, the population studies, the effect on national smoking rates, and you triangulate all that data. Each type of data has different strengths and weaknesses. And when you triangulate it and consider it all, you, you get much more confidence in the outcome. And in this case, uh, vaping certainly appears to be, um, to be effective, uh, and, and that's what's being seen in the real world. So, yeah, that answers some of those, those issues in, in the... Uh, in the study. Absolutely. And thank you very much, Colin, for that very comprehensive answer. Now, the next mm -hmm. question I'm going to ask is a bit tangential to this, but I have seen in, in the hospital setting patients who have achieved um, abstinence from smoking cigarettes by using mm -hmm. nicotine vaping, and they continue to nicotine vape. But a lot of hospitals, mm -hmm. in fact, I'd say most, if not all hospitals, do not allow mm -hmm. patients to vape on their premises. Paradoxically, mm. people are allowed to, to smoke or leave pro hospital premises to, to smoke or can use NRT. What are your thoughts mm. on, on a situation where patients may sometimes be tempted or, or forced to smoke when, when they're not allowed to, to vape? And I'm, I'm mindful this is a slightly leading question. Mm. Yeah, look, it, it's obviously absurd. Unfortunately, we have rules made by health departments uh, and essentially health departments and health associations, medical associations in Australia are opposed to vaping and they've made strict rules and they, they hold, hold those rules. And in a hospital setting, um, the rules are based on, on the harms from smoking. Of course, someone vaping in the grounds would have no measurable effect on air quality. Uh, in terms of it, harm to other people. It, it does come down to a more nuanced approach to, to vaping and, and accepting that vaping is keeping these people from smoking. And I think it, it really does come down to making more nuanced rules that allow for vaping in that situation because that's not good medical care where you're forcing people back to smoke. And increasingly we'll be seeing this situation. Vaping is increasingly popular in Australia. Like I said, it's the most popular quitting method. There's over 700,000 vapors in Australia. 
And yes, lots of them will be going into hospital and we're going to be facing this problem more often. Absolutely. And I guess the last question I'd like to ask you, Colin, on this series that we've done on on vaping is, where can people get more information about vaping? Look, I'm so glad you asked that question. It just so happens that I've written a book called Stop Smoking, Start Vaping, um, which which is a comprehensive um, uh, review of all the issues that we've discussed today. It outlines the evidence for vaping, uh, the practical steps for people to, to, to quit smoking and switch to vaping, uh, and it looks at the controversies and, and the ideal sort of regulation. It's written for vapors, smokers, uh, and health professionals, and it is available uh, as an ebook and a paperback from Amazon and, and most other booksellers online. Fantastic. So thank you very much, Colin, for your time on this three-episode arc that we've done on vaping. And vaping is one of those issues in medicine where there's a lot of myth and not that much fact that is disseminated and hopefully we've been able to disseminate a few more facts amongst our listeners and viewers on this three arc episode that we've done on cracking addiction so thank you to our listeners and viewers for your attention once again and bye for now